0: If you can do me a favor, you know, if you ain't that busy If you could throw us down a couple blessings, you know, like One that I don't mess up being a manager
1: (sighs) We're just three cats that never played a single snap Here to tell you how to draft, win the ship, and run it back the stats ain't tell the story, This the story of the stats You can stick it to your friends, what's
0: more glorious than that? We're victorious in rap, bringing wrath to our rivals We're here to shun the stats, laugh, and lead you all the titles Stick to the path and follow us disciples The only sin is math and all you need is the Bible It's the
1: fantasy Bible It's the fantasy Bible It's the fantasy Bible. Bible it's the fantasy Bible. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a Wednesday edition of the Fantasy Bible. I tell you, Dane, nothing makes a man feel more powerful than talking like it's a Wednesday when it's actually a Friday. But uh, today we're going to be previewing the AFC South uh, time traveling forward to you on a Wednesday to deliver you bonus content twice the podcast a week uh, at the expense of, uh, you know, our time. And yeah, you're uh, welcome.
0: Absolutely. We're doing this for you guys and not at all for our own vanity and our excessive addiction to fantasy football.
1: Yeah, well, we talk into the mics for a couple hours for an audience that seems to be uh, not growing. <laughs> yeah that's a fair take dude. we do it for you <laughs> um and not out of any uh you know desperate clinging to the idea that we can do something that we actually enjoy uh yeah. for a living all right moving on to the afc show. <laughs> um well of course you can find us oh this is episode 20
0: episode 20 oh dude let's shoot. go we're giving yeah. away 20 cents to the first one to tweet us <laughs>
1: no 20 uh, cents for everyone that uh oh yeah
0: gives us a five-star review
1: Man, Give us I'm gonna five-star have review. To... and yeah we'll, well i'll take you a second mortgage
0: to uh to <laughs> <pay>. <laughs> yeah love love you guys thanks for listening episode 20 pretty hype for us uh yeah find us at fantasy bible pod facebook instagram and twitter you hear it every week you probably hate listening to that and you probably <laughs> Hopefully, haven't have followed done us by Crap <laughs> about it. Yeah,
1: crap doesn't count as a cuss word.
0: Yeah. Hello, sponsors. Yeah.
1: All right. No news because uh, we can't time travel, but we'll be be here with news on the Friday pod as always. Uh, and uh, Dan, do we have a mystery question before we get into the AFC South?
0: I just have one. You're an Eagles fan. I just want to know, yes or no, will Carson Wentz be good this year? No okay that's all i needed to hear because i'm on board with that
1: (laughs) (laughs) no i mean he was the worst it depends on he was the worst quarterback in the league last year so will he be better yes but will he be a top 15 quarterback i do not think so i think he will be
0: in the 15 to 20 range i think you're right on that somewhere around baker maybe just based on what I think the offense will do but we'll get into that when we talk about the Colts um, yeah far
1: less likable unvaccinated Baker
0: oh yeah apparently yeah he I I was not surprised when I heard that Carson Wentz was not vaccinated
1: <laughs> Jalen Hurts vaxxed up yeah. leadership that's leadership
0: backs facts baby
1: all right so you're gonna kick us off with the Titans here
0: Let's do it. I mean, this offense only got better when they added Julio Jones. They don't have uh, Corey Davis anymore, but I'll take that upgrade with the future Hall of Famer stud wide receiver Julio Jones. I don't care that he's 31 years old. If you're coming at coming at us with the weak take that he's he's aging you know he's gonna fall off eventually all right well he hasn't yet and the stats are there to prove it if you want to deep dive into the analytics to try to prove us wrong you're only gonna prove us right because i've looked at him okay so don't come at me with that uh (laughs) he's still a top tier wide receiver in the nfl and okay now he's splitting work with aj brown well aj brown is also good like calvin ridley was good last year and they split work and we're both productive for fantasy ryan Tannehill with arthur smith Okay. All right. Well, we're not getting into that again, but we, we should actually get into that. Yeah. But uh, You know, Ryan Tannehill, he's a top 10 quarterback in my mind for fantasy this year. I don't think that is a hot take, but some people would disagree. And I think they're wrong. And this offense runs through Derrick Henry. That has not changed you can say, oh, he had a massive workload. Yeah, had almost 400 touches. He's going to fall off. He's going to get injured. You know, he can't do this forever. All right, well, he didn't show that he slowed yeah. down.
1: I don't believe that for a second. This is Derek yeah.
0: Henry we're telling you about. Derek
1: Henry has already busted. You know, he's not yeah. going to bust again. He's yeah. on the part of his career where he never busts again. This is going to be the longest living running back that we're going to see.
0: I don't know. Frank Gore might have him beat there, too.
1: <laughs> no, D- Derek Henry didn't do squadly diddly for the uh first just like, mean, three years of his career so frank like, gore played like 15 gosh. years as a running back <laughs> i think we're gonna get 30 out of derrick henry oh my
0: god you're wrong anyways yeah there's in that <laughs> ponytail yes you, you don't want to know what my mom has nicknamed his uh, hair choice i do uh, not want to know <laughs> uh, yeah I, I won't even tell you off here it's a little too much anyways yeah. uh it's going to be a good offense they're going to be trying to throw the ball enough to where they can support two top wide receivers and aj brown and julio jones i have julio you know around my 15th wide receiver aj brown top 10. uh i'm not worried about that at all um, yeah man that's those are the fantasy relevant guys on this offense
1: oh you didn't mention uh anthony ferkshire
0: okay that's a yeah you make the case for him if you want i'm not excited to draft him but i think. I, I think well, he's a late-round dart. easily them. make
1: the case for Anthony Fergster as a dark. team. All right. All right. Ferkser. Okay, so Anthony Fergster, not only has he been getting hype and how John Smith, like, told him, like, he taught everything, him everything he knows. But so the the hope for the Titans is that their new offensive coordinator, Todd Downing, who historically has not been a good offensive coordinator, he was one that had a stint with the Raiders, where he had very, like, bottom-of-the-pack offenses is going to continue the tight end success by trying to replicate what made the arthur smith offense successful which as we talked about in the last episode was derrick henry building up the play action game and scheming receivers and and two tight end sets uh open over the middle and so someone has to fill the tight end void left behind by johnny smith and anthony fergster is that receiver? is that is that tight end so uh i just think he's he's worth a late round dark throw definitely uh if, if we're to assume that the ends continue to make the tight end a focal point of their passing game um and then i also want to show or throw josh reynolds a uh shout out as someone that you should not draft but someone that you should keep, keep an eye on definitely if uh A.J. Brown or Julio Jones, you know, shows any sign of injury or anything like that, because Josh Reynolds was a nice third to fourth receiver on the Rams, and I think he'll fill the same role on the Titans. So uh, just a couple other guys that I thought we should name there.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. You you made your case. Um, so to gauge your interest on Perkser, would you take him over Johnny Smith? Um. You... Yes. Would you take him over Irv Smith Jr.? Of the Minnesota Vikings.
1: Um yes.
0: Okay. So all right. That's just So you might even have him in your top thirteen or fourteen tight ends then.
1: It's a lot closer with Irv Smith Jr. than it is with Johnny Smith. For me, Johnny Smith, it's about the passing situation in mm-hmm. in uh New England. And then obviously the passing situation is much better in, in Minnesota. It's just like I don't I don't really see the whole Irv Smith
0: thing, you know, neither do I. And yeah. yeah. Okay. So yeah, we kind of wrapped that Titans team up pretty tidy in the Well, They're, there. they're <laughs> another team where like the, the biggest difference obviously is Todd
1: Downing and there's reason to be skeptical skeptical about that. But uh as I basically just said, they're they're very likely going to try and replicate what they were doing with Arthur Smith to have success through Derrick Henry. So I don't think there's a lot of reason to be concerned there. Um, Moving on to the Colts, okay. So, oh, oh, no, 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 wait. Excuse me. Tannehill's uh projection is forty-two hundred yards. What do you, what do you, what do you say? That sounds slow. about right. It sounds a touch slow, but I think slower if, than Matt Ryan, who you uh, swore was garbage
0: compared to Tannehill on our last episode. Well, yeah, but I think Tannehill will have more touchdowns. Yeah. yeah, and he does get a few rushing touchdowns sprinkled in there. I think he had six last year, which is probably shocking to a lot of people. They That's crazy. Ready. What? No. What? Yeah. It was at least four. I'm pretty sure it was six though. Uh, but anyways, that just adds like a little bit of boom to his ceiling week to week. That's an added six points.
1: Why, why don't they just tell me what the rushing touchdown number is? Well, I'll come back to that. I'm going to talk about the Colts and then I'll figure that out. Okay, um, so moving on to the Colts. So the Colts, let me tell you, you know who the only quarterback that's projected for less yards than Daniel Jones, Zach Wilson, Jalen Hurts, and Lamar Jackson? It's Carson Wentz.
0: Oh God, I didn't know that. Yeah,
1: <laughs> Carson Wentz is projected by you know Vegas historically is often nope. more accurate than any other predictor uh, in the world. It's projected for thirty-eight fifty which in a 17-game season is absolutely abysmal. Garbage. Um, The biggest kind of change here, aside from Carson Wentz coming in as the uh, worst quarterback in the NFL, is Marcus Brady, uh, their new offensive coordinator, who was formerly the quarterback's coach, um, with Nick Sirianni becoming the offensive coordinator to the Eagles. Uh, The head coach, Frank Reich, calls the plays, so it shouldn't make a huge difference. But Sirianni is probably accounted a loss because uh, Reich has brought Sirianni with him, uh, you know, worked with him in San Diego and then brought with him to uh, Indianapolis. So he was a valued sort of offensive sounding board for play design and all that sort of thing. But I don't think we'll see kind of like an offensive drop, at least from the play calling standpoint or play design standpoint. It's just the going from Phillip Rivers to Carson Wentz is uh, very shaky here. This is kind of the team that, I'm not really excited about any of these players on because the quarterback play seems so uncertain to me. And the weird thing about the Colts is they had so much cap room and they didn't really acquire like any big time free agents on the offensive side of the ball. Um, So fantasy relevant players, obviously there's Jonathan Taylor, who we have been historically low on, on this podcast due to the fact that, A, he did not look great last year. B, he has a lot of, uh tread on his tires from a uh high high usage rate in wisconsin uh where he went to college um even though the offensive line is great and the situation is good we're just not jonathan taylor fans for the price that he's going at at the position he's going on and then ty hilton not really a fan of ty hilton anymore you know i mean i, I love ty hilton but not from a fantasy perspective there's Michael Pittman Jr., who I think is probably the uh, the best value pick on this team. Um, and then, of course, your guy, Mo Alley-Cox and Jack Doyle. And I'm missing anyone that's
0: fantasy relevant. Um, Potentially not, but I also think Paris Campbell has a shot at being relevant in this receiving core. But if you're giving me that Vegas total, that Carson Wentz is 38.50, that does not bode well for my confidence in any of them so yeah uh, it's a little scary yeah i wish i did write a bullet point i wish moali cox breaks out (laughs) yeah that's that's my hope for this offense that we see more of him catching the football in the red zone because he's a beast he's like a derrick henry prototype like uh not as athletic but about as big um yeah i think colts d should be worth we don't talk a lot about defenses on our yeah, podcast but this,
1: that is one that is worth drafting they were like the third highest scoring defense last year big turnover
0: generator yeah and they're in a division with the jaguars and texans so they get to play four games where the oh, defense point, will, yeah. will pop off so yeah uh, definitely a defense i'm looking at they'll probably go top six or seven i think um, they should anyway um, is there anything else to be excited about on the colts i
1: mean what what, talk about jonathan taylor like because we're kind of alone on this island here
0: yeah i think everyone is fixating on what he did in the last few weeks of the season where he did pop off he was getting you know i think an average of 25 carries a game which is a lot but we saw the same thing from david montgomery and miles
1: sanders the year before
0: yeah exactly where you saw these guys come into their own uh in the end of the season and prove themselves of what they're capable of but i think what you're doing you're you're gauging them at their ceiling now so if you take those games and project it across the whole season sure it looks amazing but you have to look at the whole picture here when naheem hines was healthy when jordan wilkins was healthy they were spreading the ball around between all three running backs and jonathan taylor was not getting 20 touches a game so i think I think that could easily regress and I think his ADP at I think six overall right now like that's ridiculous you're drafting him at at his ceiling I don't think he can break top five if everything goes right sure but I think you have to be realistic and look at who else is on the depth chart at running back and what they did last year and I think six is his ceiling I would draft him maybe at like 10 or 11.
1: Yeah it's not unlike the uh can make situation. And I do think as terrible as that can maker's injury is, it'll probably save some people from overpaying on a running back who you were also kind of drafting on a, a certain amount of games that came on at the tail end of the season. And just assuming that ceiling level production is going to continue. All right. Why don't you take us into.
0: Oh God. Uh, why?
1: Yeah. There's not a lot to say about this team. They did make an insane amount of free agency, uh, you know moves but they're none of them are really worth talking about um but yeah Yeah. what do you got for us on the texans
0: man so i mean i don't even know if deshaun watson will be on this team let alone whether he'll be suspended or not you know that's going to be a hot topic in the media for the weeks to come but they have him right now as a safety in training camp (laughs) yeah let me say that again so you understand yeah Yeah. deshaun watson is playing safety for the scout team in training camp not quarterback because i don't think they think he'll be on that team they're probably trying to unload him did you hear that the coach was like
1: he can earn more quarterback snaps if he does a good job (laughs) as
0: the scout team safety (laughs) (laughs)
1: yeah
0: Yeah, that is a dumpster fire if i've ever seen one in the nfl there is nobody there's nobody I'm excited to draft on this team because even if we even if Deshaun Watson is not traded I don't think he's going to play six 17 games Uh, something could happen like he could play two games and then the NFL levies punishment and he plays no more games in the entire season so there's nobody on this entire offense I'm excited to draft you have Brandon Cooks Anthony Miller and I don't even know who else at wide receiver don't care David Johnson Mark Ingram Philip Lindsay at running back these are all like old busted guys who have been good David in the Johnson past. was better than
1: you think last year
0: I know I I know he was and I I had him on my roster for most of the season before I traded him but I, yeah that's his best case scenario flex, flex
1: production you can get out of David yeah. Johnson yeah he,
0: he doesn't have a ceiling on this offense because they won't stay on the field but he will get some passing work uh as will Philip Lindsay I think so yeah uh, they're not none of these guys are in top 30 at their position for me receivers or running backs
1: Two minor arguments, not even really, I don't know. But the weird thing about Brandon Cooks is I feel like he should be going at a bigger discount than he is. Like yeah. I would love to take Brandon Cooks at a disc like a huge discount this year on the off chance he does what he does yeah. almost every year and just gets like a thousand yards somehow. Mm-hmm. But he isn't the name is like just sticking like he's being yeah. drafted higher than he should. And then, uh, just for dynasty, I want to shout out Nico Collins, second round pick of the Texans, uh, who they traded up for. So, who obviously, you know, as they see as a long term uh, receiving asset on the team. Uh, you know, redraft, don't even worry about it. But from a dynasty standpoint, definitely someone to look at if you like what you see. Um, all right, Jags. Similar to similar to last week, uh, where we talked about the Tex or the Falcons last. I feel like the Jags are the most exciting team in this division from like a new stuff yeah new, new players it's, it's a lot going on here we got urban meyer um we got daryl bevel coming in as the offensive coordinator i always have kind of liked daryl bevel i liked what he did in seattle when he's the offensive coordinator there uh, i think he's kind of underrated as an offensive coordinator although urban meyer probably figures to be the main engineer of the offense so uh what's really nice here is we're, we're pairing a guy that is great at the screen game and the spread game and the rpo game and trevor lawrence with a guy that's great at designing all three of those things in urban Meyer. where you know it's a guy that ran college offenses and a guy that executed college offenses coming together to kind of unite what i assume daryl breville is going to bring which is more of an nfl design maybe adapting some of these wider plays to the nfl narrower field um, and just bringing in some sort of NFL concepts into the Meyer offense, and kind of knitting those things together to make the transition easier for Burrow, and implementing sort of the classic Urban Meyer gadget player role of mm-hmm. you know the Percy Harvins of years past and the Travis Etienne and Lavisca Chanelts of today. So I think, uh, well, I'm not a big Urban Meyer fan, and I think this organization is likely to, you know fire him in a matter of years <laughs> i don't think it's going to be because i think it's just going to be because of pure mismanagement at the nfl level and not like not because of offensive production like i think we have reason to be uh, excited about this offense unless we see like a chip kelly situation but urban meyer is obviously a much more successful coach than chip kelly and a much better play designer more varied play designer than chip kelly so uh yeah, I mean, I'm excited about the Jags this year. They drafted Lawrence, they drafted Etienne, they signed Carlos Hyde, Marvin Jones, Laquan Treadwell, Tim Tebow, a couple of their no-name wide receivers. <laughs> um, kind of bugs me that Marvin Jones is listed second on the death chart above LaVisca Chenault, but I don't know how that will play out when things go. Um, yeah, uh, what are your thoughts on the Jags?
0: Uh, yeah, there's a lot of new excitement for Jaguars fans, you know, complete facelift for this franchise is what they're hoping travis etienne you should definitely draft him over james robinson i love james robinson as much as the next guy he got me into the championship round but they drafted etienne in the first round when they already knew what james robinson was capable of they will use him more than they will james robinson etienne will get the passing passing down work uh and even if they split 50 50 rush attempts he's going to be on the field on third down a lot more than james robinson so Uh, in some drafts, I've seen James Robinson go ahead of him. That is a very stupid idea. Don't do that. We're trying to help you out. Don't draft James Robinson, uh, probably in the top 33. So (laughs) uh, for wide receiver, I think it's, it's kind of a dart throw. I think who could be the top performer here. I think DJ Chark is a massive landmine because he had production in 2019, and then it was flaky and injured and, uh, you know, not consistent last year. And i think most people are assuming he's still like the wide receiver one and i don't know i don't think i don't think that's a given uh marvin jones jr they acquired him that was the first thing that uh urban meyer did when he got on to the team he uh signed marvin jones in free agency so yeah he's not like a young budding wide receiver he's not very exciting but i think it could be like a robin robbie anderson dj moore situation where Marvin Jones could be like this underdog for the targets and production guy, but at the end of the season, I wouldn't be surprised if they were neck and neck with their yardage totals and touchdowns.
1: Yeah. Uh, Etienne is the guy that I'm most excited about on this team.
0: Yeah, me too. Um, just because running backs, he has upside and he's going past the, he's right around running back 24. I'd, ha- I'd have to guess, but uh the upside yeah. is
1: so high. Like the fact that Najee yeah. Harris is going so much higher than Etienne. And right. obviously they prioritize Etienne for his speed and the role they want him to have in the offense and his chemistry with Trevor Lawrence. And, uh, you know, James Robinson is, is the big factor there cutting into that. But Urban Meyer does not seem like the kind of guy that's going to prioritize an undrafted free agent just be off one year of production. Although I do think James Robinson will have week-to-week touchdown upside And as to your points about the wide receivers, yeah, there's a lot of uncertainty, but Chenault for his physical running and, you know, versatility in the formation, I do like him the Mm -hmm. most out of the receivers on this team where you can get him. Although Chark is a wide receiver three is not like a a terrible play or anything like that. It's just, as you said, uh, kind of a flaky move. Um, Although I did like the challenge that urban meyer issued where he was like oh bulk up get stronger because that to me is saying like i want you to be the number one wide receiver on this team but i need you to own that um so yeah did you mention chris Manhartz? i don't even know who that is he's their number one tight end unless tebow like actually uh oh. shows something so yeah not really hype about chris Manhartz, but i feel like every number one tight end is worth mentioning just because of the how how tight this shaky tight ends are so just like have the name in your head you know when you hear like chris manhurst touchdown and you're like oh wait who yeah (laughs) i know who that is he's the number one tight end (laughs) um so yeah that's that's oh carlos hyde we don't really talk much about carlos hyde but yeah is he entirely irrelevant in this running back landscape
0: for fantasy, I think so. Yeah. Um, just how I would almost say James Robinson, you won't be starting him in good faith every week. So Carlos Hyde, at best, you'd feel how you feel about James Robinson. Um, I think, if anything, those two guys are going to be competing for the workload and Etienne kind of has it etched in stone based on what Urban Myers proved he thinks about him in, uh, in the draft.
1: Etienne is being projected to have a ton of receiving work, which is just like a beautiful thing for fantasy football. So exactly. that's what I'm most excited about. I think um, he gets
0: easily 60 targets on the season. Yeah, yeah.
1: And and that's what everything is saying is like, if the targets are there, the value on this guy is great. And, and you should be definitely drafting him. Just like I said about, uh, like, you know, you should be drafting Etienne before the Kareem Hunt tier, which is what I, I think of Kareem Hunt. You know always but there's who are the other players that miles gaskin yeah and mike davis are probably yeah. other uh, guys in that tier um so yeah that's the jags that's the afc south we kind of flew through it but man this is not an exciting division with kind of two duds in my opinion in the colts and the texans
0: yeah like there's plenty of good fantasy assets in this division you know aj brown julio jones derrick henry brian Tannehill, jonathan taylor uh going down the list and then it gets murky you know like that's there's some high-end guys there and then beyond that it's just not a lot of assurance on who's going to pan out so who's the most uncertain player for you oh man i mean i'm going to ignore the texans entirely because they are the most uncertain uh probably Yeah, I'm going to go DJ Chark just because he's going as a top 30 wide receiver, and I think he could easily finish outside the top 40, and I'm not willing to spend my wide receiver three pick on a guy that I did spend a wide receiver three pick last year, and it did not work out, so.
1: Very fair. Um, Let's see. God, it seems cheap to go Jonathan Taylor because we've already talked about our concerns there. And we just kind of talked about our concerns with James Robinson, who's someone that I... Oh, T.Y. Helen is probably... I was going to say T.Y. Helen because name value T.Y. Helen going much higher than he should be. Mm-hmm. Um, we saw, like, you know, I think we're seeing the end of T.Y. Like, he's already had injury issues and it just seemed to continue to plague him as he gets older. He wasn't productive last year when he, he did play uh, on an offense by a, led by a much more gun-slinging quarterback than Carson Wentz. Um, and this is also not the type of receiver that Carson Wentz has been known to favor in the past. He likes a more big bodied receiver, the Alshon Jeffries, the Zach Ertz's uh, of the world. So, yeah. I, I, uh,
0: the Paris Campbell's.
1: Yeah. Uh, the Michael Pittman's. <laughs> I, I think we're going to see a, a, a. Well, moving on to the sneakiest fantasy pick. Who, who is your sneakiest fantasy pick?
0: I think Marvin Jones Jr. You can get him in the tenth yeah, round. Yeah, or later. that's what I was gonna say. Yeah. yeah, and he could easily be the highest targeted receiver on this offense. Could finish as a top thirty-six wide receiver.
1: Okay, well then I'll say Michael Pittman because not a lot of people are super excited about Michael Pittman, but he is, you know, a, a, a big body receiver that Carson likes to favor. He was a high draft pick last year, um, and I think he's just right to take the wide receiver one role on that team uh away from T.Y. Hilton and who can move into more of like a situational deep that role. Um so yeah I'm gonna go with Michael Pittman Jr. Um what do you got? Uh or
0: no wait we got we got social media. Let's tell them about the social. At Fantasy Bible Pod, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, we are I think on YouTube. Uh we'll figure that out and we are on
1: YouTube. But <laughs> you can like if you want to see us, there's maybe like one Or No, we have a couple of promos, but we uploaded an entire episode, and then YouTube took it down because they told us it was too long because we're not, like, a verified YouTube channel. Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah. It's a lot of work being a podcast. Yeah. If you guys continue to follow us and spread the word and get us more accredited, then, you know, then you can watch us full episodes on YouTube. Yeah, we need to get accredited. We
1: need to be able to bestow diplomas upon people. Yeah, who do we pay? Who do we um federal government (laughs) yeah jeff definitely jeffrey bezos all right we flew yeah nice nice tight episode very like a tight 20 you can get through that on your drive to work that's what we do for you people we keep it concise yeah we're thinking of you at all times all right everybody we will see you on friday word out